So I'm excited to talk to you guys tonight, and as I said, the topic is prayer. And um, so you guys have maybe noticed over the year, the past few years, I like to worship. And I think like worship in our culture right now, it really resonates because there are these beautiful songs where people are saying things that like, we're like, yeah, that's what I would love to say to the Lord. Um, and so I submit to you that those songs, spoilers, those are prayer, yeah. <laughs> right? Those are a form of prayer. That's not the only way we pray, right? Um, so just, just putting it out there, sometimes if you're like, I don't know what to pray, but I really get the song. Man, maybe pull up the lyrics, start there. Um, that's just for free. That's not part of the sermon. I was thinking about it while we were worshiping. I was like, this is just all prayer. Um, and sometimes when we think of prayer, we think of like, oh, I have to like sit there and I have to say the right words and it gets intimidating. But we enter into worship and we're like, well, we can sing to Jesus just fine. And so, you know, if, if that's a struggle for you, that might be a way to, to jump into it. Um, but so I did a fun thing in preparing for this message. There's this thing that Matt and I have started to do as we are raising kids that have gone from being little kids to being bigger than me, teen kids. Um, and so a lot of times when we're going to speak, we're going to share a message, whether it be with Chi Alpha or at a chapel service or school or at a different church, whatever. Um, a lot of times we're like, hey, we're going to go preach at such and such place. What should we tell them? Right. And, and so a few weeks ago, as I was starting to think about this message and I had already had some ideas what I wanted to say. Um, but just for fun, I was like, hey, next time I talk to Kai Alpha, I'm talking about prayer. What should I tell them? What should I tell them about prayer? And so I got three points because I got three kids, right? And they each, they each had an idea of what I should tell you about prayer. And I'm going to share them with you. The first one was this. It was go into your closet. Go into your closet. The second kid said, it's a conversation. It's a conversation. And the third one said, God cares about all of it. And when I clarified, it meant he wants you to tell him about what's going on in your life, even the small stuff. So from each of the drain kids, as we call them, even though they're drain teens, but that just doesn't sound as cool. Um, so they're still drain kids, even though they hate that. Um, from the drain kids, these are the three things they thought that I should share with you. And... Um, it's kind of funny because this totally fits with the passages I was already going to talk from. So we're just going to use the drink kid points, and and then we're gonna we're gonna preach from them because um, like because it's good. It's good. Nope. <laughs> it was over a week ago, and I slept, and I remembered the points. Hannah helped me reconstruct them in the car this week, but like, I, I really, I have a vague thought of who said which one. Um, I think the first one was Thomas, but I really cannot be sure. They collectively were in agreement that these are important things to go about prayer. So yeah, yeah, it, the, anyway, the drain kids uh, said these things about prayer, and I totally remember meaningfully each, each one's point as they made it. I can picture that I can't. I can't, but I got the points. They stuck. Um, so, as we were doing this, though, I was like, that's a pretty good outline about, like, what's really important to know about prayer. And, and so we are, we're going to use these, we're going to look at scripture, which was the scripture I was already going to teach from, okay? Um, but I just thought this made it fun. But I want to ask you guys, can you remember, as we jump into this, the first time 
that you prayed or when you were learning to pray? Like for some of us, this may have been years ago. We may have grown up in a godly household and grown up hearing our parents and our grandparents pray and, and such. Or some of us, like me, you may not have grown up in that. And you can remember very clearly when you first started to pray. For some of us, it might be this year or this semester even. But can you remember? Because I can remember, like acutely remember having sat down with one of my youth leaders because I came to Christ when I was 15 years old and they were like, you need to start to pray. And I went home and I got in my room because I thought you're supposed to do that. And then I, I got down in my bed because this is the, what I saw in movies. So <laughs> very theologically informed by Hollywood and not by the Bible, right? And kneeling is fine. We can pray kneeling, but we don't have to. But I'm like by the bed. And then I was like, this is really weird. And so I'm like, okay, dear Jesus, because I'm writing a letter. And we all, we've all said it, right? Dear Jesus. But I'm like, dear Jesus. Like, when I, when I talk to Matt at home when he comes home from, from the day on campus, I'm not like, dear Matt, how was your day today? But I was like, dear Jesus, how are you? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know. So if you're here tonight and you're, and you're like, Hey, we're talking about prayer, and, like, I should want to do that if I'm a Christian, probably. But, like, it intimidates me a little bit, and I really don't actually know how to do it. That's okay. I can totally remember being there. I'm sure each and every one of us can totally remember being there. Or if you did grow up in a praying home and, and whatnot, and you are used to hearing people pray, you can probably remember a time that, like, you're kind of like, I know how to pray, but I don't know how to pray about this. Mm. Right? Like, I know how to pray, but, like, I know how to pray the Lord's Prayer, or I know how to pray the way my granny taught me, or I know how to pray, now I lay me down to sleep, but I don't, I don't even know how to pray about this situation in my life. So I think it's one of those things that we can always be learning, always be growing in. Um, and so tonight, we're going to look at what Jesus tells, about, tells us about prayer. Sorry, I'm going too fast. We're going to look at what Jesus tells us about prayer because we've been talking about God's perspective on different things. And, you know, as I was preparing, we're going to talk about God's perspective on prayer. Well, God came to earth in human flesh as Jesus, and he did some teaching on prayer, right? And so that seems like a really good place to start. So we're going to look at... um, Primarily just Matthew 6 and what he says in the Sermon on the Mount. Because I really love the Sermon on the Mount. And I feel like the Lord has really just taught this particular, used this particular teaching of Jesus to teach me a lot in my life. So we'll read the whole passage first and then we'll break it down. Cool. Matthew 6, verse 5, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. So in short, in this passage, we have many thoughts, many thoughts from Jesus on how we should pray in just nine verses, right? So we're going to kind of go through these points. We're going to go through the drain kid points. So I'm going to add one. Okay. Um, drain kid point number one, go into your closet. Go into your closet. So the version we just read says, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they receive their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Some translations say closet. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So the idea here is we shouldn't pray to be seen praying. If we pray just to be seen praying, Jesus is, so to speak, saying that's not anything. Right? We're missing the point of prayer entirely. If we're doing it just so we can say we did the thing or so somebody else can be like, yeah, they're holy. They like to pray. So the point isn't to go through the motion of doing the worshipful thing. It's to connect with the living God. Jesus suggests that instead of being like the people who love to be seen praying, we go into a room or a closet or someplace basically where we can really focus and not be distracted. That's the point, okay? And spend time with God so that we can really focus on him and we aren't so focused on how we're being seen or perceived. Now, this doesn't mean that we can't pray in a group. We can certainly still pray in a group, but it's a heart check. It's a motive check for why we're praying. And if we ever find ourselves praying because we want people to think like, hey, they're cool, they pray a lot, we probably should pause, go back into that unseen place and get our heart right just connecting with God before we like go do the, the big group thing again. Yeah. And it's interesting that Jesus says that when people, some do this, sometimes do this for show, right? If they're praying for show, he says they've received their reward in full. So what that means is they gotten what they want out of it. Like if you pray out loud to look really cool in front of whoever that looks cool towards, I, I don't know, I didn't grow up in church, right? So like the people that prayed really loud didn't look cool to me before I was saved. But like... <laughs> To, to like the church, other church people, and you're like, I look so cool. And Jesus says, you get a reward, but the reward you get is that other people see it. And they're like, cool, I saw that. And that's it. That's it, because you're getting what you wanted out of it. But he says, if you get alone and you really seek God honestly, it's God who will see, and that's the kind of prayer he responds to and rewards. And so we want that intimate prayer, right, that is focused on him. And so when we pray, it's important to assess our motives. Are we praying because we want to be seen as a good Christian? Is it because we're supposed to? Or are we coming to prayer because we really long to connect with the Lord and see him? When we come earnestly seeking Jesus, he will respond to us. And so we want to come with a heart that's just earnest and seeking God, right? And nothing else. So it was a pretty good point. Right? Like, I was like, okay, okay. Um, pretty good point. So now we'll look at Drain Kid point number two. The second point was it's a conversation. It's a conversation. Verses seven and eight in Matthew 6 tell us, And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. 
Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So here the idea is that God isn't interested in the number of words we say, when it says like babbling on and on. And he's not looking for us to say some key, like super holy phrase before he responds to our prayers. Like that's not the point at all, right? During Jesus' time, there's pagan and even some Jewish thought that God would respond to prayers if those prayers that were offered were long enough or if you used the correct wording. And Jesus is telling us that's not really the case at all. God our Father already knows what we need even before we come to him in prayer. So he's looking for something more than just length of prayer or right words. He's after us really coming to him and talking to him. And it's also more than just getting things off our chest. Because I think I've, I've seen today a lot of times people are like, it's cathartic, right? Like, I can go to the Lord and, and I can rant and I can, like, unload. Okay, that's, that's also, like, sometimes, yes, we do take our feelings to the Lord, but that's not all it is. Um, like, sometimes we do that, right? But there's, there's a give and take in our time of prayer. It's about intimacy, so I'm going to try and give an example. This example comes from my life, and it falls flat. I totally apologize if it falls flat. Um, but I was trying to think what this is like. And I don't know about any of you guys like shoes, like sneaker shoes. And Joy's like, no, I like high heel shoes, like sneaker shoes, right? So at my house, sneaker shoes are like, they're like a thing. Like, we could always be buying a pair of shoes every week. I think one of my kids would be like, happy to receive a pair of shoes that doesn't happen but like they they do and so I hear about shoes a lot like a lot and um so say that Thomas wants a new pair of running shoes which he always does um now he could go on and on for an hour about I want these shoes please mom buy me these shoes please mom like everything would just be so much better if you buy me these shoes I really want these shoes and he could go on and on and on and Probably, honestly, as a mom, that's not necessarily going to grab my attention, right? You guys have been around the toddler that's like, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. And like my kids would tell you, at least from our parents' perspective, if, if you're making me crazy, I can't give it to you now. I really can't because I'm teaching you like the wrong thing, right? But he could go on and on and on. And honestly, as a mom, that's not going to grab my attention. And then he could start telling me, the best features of these shoes, because y'all running shoes these days, like they've got carbon plates in them that make you like, give you back some of the energy you put in. And then like some of them, you know, they're cushioned right, or like they've got the right kind of tread. And then like, you need the different shoes to go on the track, then you need the shoes that you go on the pavement and then other ones for the trail. And then different spikes go in the different ones, depending on if it's the trail or the track, you know, I mean, so many shoes. And he could tell me all the details of these shoes and whatever they're doing to them to make them faster today. It'll be different tomorrow. And while I'll think that's cool because I also like to run, it won't really determine if I'm going to buy him some shoes. He could even tell me, like, hey, Mom, if you buy me these shoes, I would feel so loved. I would just know that you love me, right? And that's cool. The thing is, though, I know Thomas. He spends time with me quite often. He runs with me fairly often. But most of the time, he just spends time with me and talks to me about his day-to-day -day life. Like we hang out together. We do life together. And so when he comes to me to talk to me about running shoes, out of a, that place of relational intimacy where we spend time together, I know him, he knows me, 
I can respond, not because he's made me crazy asking so many times, and like, you guys gotta know, my son's not that way. He's not that way at all. Or I don't respond because he said the right thing about how they would make him run or how they would make him feel, but because I love him, I know him, and want him to have what he needs, and I see when he needs it. Does that kind of make sense? And so this is like a really poor picture, probably, of prayer, but, but it's like, it's, it's not the over and over, right? And it's not the, this is why, and I'm going to say all the right words. And it's not the, God, if you do this for me, I'll know you love me. He already loves you. Spoilers. He, he loves you so much. He died on the cross for your sins, right? He really loves you. But when we spend time with him and we're growing in that relational intimacy, then we're at a place where the Lord, we know him. He knows us. We can trust his heart and we can trust that as we pray for things, he's going to respond when we need them. And you guys, he knows best. If he gave me everything I've ever asked for, my life would probably not be great. I probably would have screwed it up royally. So we have to trust that he's a good father and he gives good gifts when we need the good gifts. And sometimes he's like, I'm not going to give you that gift. Same time, sometimes I'm like, Thomas, we're not going to get those tracks back. Spice, because you will fall on your face and break your nose. Like, we're not doing that. You know, like, sometimes you have to say, no. But we can trust God because prayer takes us to a place of relational intimacy. Mm-hmm. In prayer, God is so much more interested in us coming to him and spending intentional time with him than he is about how long that time is or what we say. He wants intimacy. So when we pray, it's important we don't just rush in and laundry list our needs and then rush out again. We need to ask ourselves, are we actually trying to connect with God and get to know him? Are we pausing and listening for him to speak to us? Is it a conversation or is it just us announcing to him what we want him to do real quick before we go on our merry way? Right? And that's really important because there's a big difference. Like y'all know, y'all have had those friends that like they'll walk up and they'll be like, hey, this is going on with me and blah, 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 me and me and me. And then they leave. And it's like, was that a conversation or they talk at you? Right? And so we don't want to talk at God. We want to have a conversation with God. We want to make room to know him more and to listen for his voice as well. Now, drain kid point number three. He cares about all of it. And so this is like everything, all that's going on, even the details of our lives. So Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he actually takes time to teach his disciples to pray. And since it's recorded in God's word, he also takes time to teach us to pray. Because we have it, we can read it, and we can learn from it. And so we're going to look at this prayer, and this is often referred to as the Lord's Prayer. So if you haven't heard that, I might say it multiple times. This is the Lord's Prayer. And it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus gives this prayer to the disciples, and it's really, really, really a great one for us to use as an outline for our prayers as well. Because it gives us a really balanced way to come into God's presence and to talk to him and begin to have this conversation that we're talking about. So I'm going to go through it like bit by bit and kind of show you what I mean. And this is something that like you can take, like you can take any Bible, Bible app on your phone, whatever, Open to Matthew 6, and if you're like, I'm going to spend some time in prayer, this is a really simple way to do it and to kind of cover 
the various things that we should be praying about. So first it starts with our Father. Our Father. So it's really important when we come to God to pray, to kind of pause and acknowledge who we're talking to. Like who, who we're talking to. We're in the presence of the living God who created everything and holds it all together. And that's a big deal. Yeah. And also when we realize that, we come in a little bit more reverently, mm-hmm. right? And, and it brings us to a place where we're not going to just rush in and be like, I need you to do this. Okay, bye. Right? Like, we realize who we're talking to. And we need to really realize who we're talking to. So our Father, and then it says, who art in heaven. So this is further acknowledging who he is. He is a holy, magnificent, heaven-dwelling God. And we need to take time to acknowledge that, to acknowledge who God is. And sometimes it's like, I'll pause as I'm, I'm reading through the Lord's Prayer because I use this model to pray a lot. And it's like, I'm saying, okay, you're in heaven. I also just start to tell him all of those things about him. You're in heaven. You're mighty. You're savior. You're healer. You're king. You're a refuge. You're a stronghold for my life, right? Like taking those times to acknowledge who he is. And then it says, hallowed be your name. So he deserves all glory and honor. And this reminds us to take time to praise God and to worship him in prayer. So same as we sing songs of praise and worship to the Lord, it's really important sometimes to use our own words to tell him he's good. Our own words to tell him he's worthy. And we can take time in prayer and we can do that. And here's the cool thing about it. You don't have to be a songwriter. Like, it doesn't have to flow or have, like, any kind of, like, rhythm or meter. Like, you can just be like, God, you're really cool. Like, you, you've been providing for me, and you've been caring for me, and you saved my soul, and that's what's up. Like, you can just praise him from your own heart with your own words. And sometimes I think he likes that so much better than any song we could sing that somebody else wrote, because it's honest. It's from our heart. And we say, your kingdom come. So this is when we start to pray, and we're like, Hey, God, would you bring your kingdom here? God, would you rule and reign here? God, would you accomplish your will and your purposes in the earth? And we start to pray for those things. And it says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this this literally is a prayer that what's going on in heaven would invade earth and become a new reality here. And, like, that's a huge prayer. Like, you, you guys, you could, like... For the next, like, week and a half, like, pick one of these points and spend your entire prayer time, like, focused on that. And then the next day, move on to the other. Like, there's, like, a vast amount of things to say if we do it this way. So we're asking, literally, we want heaven to invade earth and everything that's real and true and working in heaven to be real and true and working in the earth. And then, after we've gone through our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're like five different things we can pray. Then we get to our needs. So that kind of tells us that Jesus expects us not to just rush right in. We're acknowledging who God is. We're praying for his will in the earth. But then he does also invite us to pray for our needs. It's just not all we should pray about, Right? And so he gives us a place to pray for our needs. He says, give us this day our daily bread. So this is like where we get to petition, which that's the prayer where we're asking for the things we need. 
Give us this day our daily bread. We pray for our needs, the needs of our family and friends. That's intercession when we pray for others. And we can spend that time and we can be real because like it already said, he already knows what we need before we ask. So if you're like, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this month. God knows. We can talk to him about that. He invites us to. Right? The Lord of heaven and earth invites us to bring our little, our little needs, even the tiny ones. Right? Like one of my kids said, even the tiny ones to him. Give us this day our daily bread. And he says, and then forgive us our sins. So Jesus tells us, and like, this is kind of encouraging to me because it's like he knows we're going to mess up and we're going to need to ask God for forgiveness. And he creates a place for that. Jesus, when he walked the earth, he wasn't like, don't ever mess up. He was like, when you do, bring it to God and ask for forgiveness, right? But forgive us our sins. So we want to pray and we ask God to forgive us for the things we've done wrong. And y'all, honestly, sometimes I just pause and I'm like, hey, God, like, search my heart. Is there anything I've done that has grieved you? Is there anything I've done that has been against, like, what you want me to do and how you want me to live and how you want me to speak? And I'll pause and I'll listen for the Holy Spirit. And as things, like, come up in my mind, I repent of those, right? So forgive us our sins. And in the same breath, without a period, without a comma, and forgive those who sinned against us. So Jesus also wants us to take time as we pray to forgive others. To pause and, and be like, hey, Lord, first you searched my heart if I've done anything wrong. And like that can be uncomfortable. But it's nothing compared to being like, and Lord, search my heart and see if I have a grudge against anybody else. And like, I thought I was uncomfortable repenting of my own sins. But, um, but he encourages us to forgive others, to take time and do that. And then he encourages us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We pray that God would help us and keep us from being tempted and keep the attacks of the enemy far from us. Because he realizes that we're going to face those attacks. And so Jesus invites us to pray that we won't fail and fall into temptation. And then some churches and translations, if you've prayed this in church, you've probably heard this. They say, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And there's a writer I really, really like. And it's kind of just like, like circling back to like the beginning thoughts of the prayer. So I don't really think there's anything wrong with that. But it's been added in post. Okay. Um, but there's a writer, Max Licato. And the way he put it was this. He said, he likes to pray, yours, not mine, is the kingdom. Yours, not mine, is the power. And yours, not mine, is the glory. Which is kind of the initial intent of the early church people that added this is to acknowledge his glory and honor and power but like we don't think it through really good so he likes to just add yours not mine and kind of reminds himself who the Lord is before he ends this prayer and like y'all that's kind of powerful so throwing it out there now so you're like okay how practical is this there was a time in my life where I was, like, really trying to grow in prayer. And I'll share this briefly, but I was really trying to grow in prayer. And I was like, I need to work on this. Like, I pray, but I am so guilty at the time. I was so guilty of rushing into God's presence, just being like, God, I need you to do this. God, I need your help with this. God, could you bless this thing that's about to happen in 30 minutes? Usually it was, like, right there. And help me to pass this test I'm about to take right now. And okay, bye. 
like, and I was really guilty of just kind of like rushing into God's presence, rushing through the things I thought I needed, and then like rushing out again. And I really sensed the Lord wanted to change that. And so, I kid you not, this is what I would do. If you don't like running, don't do it this way. Figure out what works for you, cool. Because like, it's okay if you hate running. I just like it, so it worked for me. We lived in Knoxville at the time, and there's this greenway, and there's a little like mile post every quarter mile, right? So I, like the Lord's Prayer, it's pretty short. If you've gone to church any in your life, you've probably said it many times, so it sticks, right? So I would start my run, and at mile marker one, I would be our father. I would just talk to God about how he was my father, right? You get a quarter mile in, there's another mile marker, I'd be like, who art in heaven? And I'd spend time talking to God about who he is. And like, like literally point by point, I would go through this. But I would kind of like make myself like hang out on one of those points for a while and really like think about it and really be like, hey, okay, how do I pray about this area that you challenged me to pray about Jesus? And it's so funny because it was like on a run. It was not a fast run, but it was like by myself and like, you guys, you got to know, like I run on the green line all the time. Nobody's around. So like I just pray out loud because like the birds don't care. Right. And like. Like I, like, I did it, but it helped me build this discipline of, like, praying about all of these things and praying in all of these areas. And I really think my prayer life, like, grew through that. And so if, if you find yourself, you're like, hey, using the Lord's Prayer as an outline, like, that seems like a little bit of a challenge because, like, I'm not used to praying about some of those things. Like, I encourage you to take time, whatever it could look like for you. You know, like, running, like, you can just sit in your dorm and, like, pray through it or whatever. I'm just like, y'all can tell I like to move. So it kind of helps me sometimes to like go for a walk or go for a run or do something and my brain focuses better. Um, but sometimes it's like we write it out or maybe it really is to take one of these points and tomorrow you're like, God, I'm just going to talk to you about what it means that you're my father. Right? And then like maybe the next day you do, because like honestly, like you can spend time after you like try for a minute, you can spend time praying on any one of these points for a really long time. And I think the Lord really wanted us to get that. That's why he taught it to us. And so it's not saying like you have to pray through each of these points every single day, right? It's not a secret formula. But he did say these are all really important things to pray about when we come to God. And we kind of want to have them in balance, I think, and make sure that we're covering all of them at some point as we pray relationally with the Lord. And um, if you find that, like, that praise part is really hard for you, um, this is something, really, that I learned from my husband. Um, but we can take the advice of Paul. He said in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it's not up there, sorry. He said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all your understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And um, that little that little snippet with Thanksgiving, you guys, like, again, changed my life. So when we first moved here, we had a house in Knoxville where we used to do Kayafa. It was on the market. It was not selling, so we were staying with Matt's parents. And we just kind of had hit a place where, like, the house would not sell, and then the house would not sell, and then the house would not sell. And I was like, we are going to live here forever. And luckily, I love his parents, 
But still, like, when you're a full-grown adult and you have three kids and also your brother-in-law is living there and, like, this is a lot of people. And we just felt, like, really stuck. And we were also support-raising so that we could, like, have the missions funds to, like, be able to be full-time directors here. And it was just, like, at the end of it and we were stuck. And honestly, we were just this place where we were, like, really, really discouraged and stuck. And Matt came home one day and he was like, he read this verse and he goes, I was convicted, Jackie, because we need to thank God for the things he's given us. Right? And so we started to thank God. And like, honestly, there was a point at which I felt like I was being a little bit ridiculous because I was like, I thank you that we have this house to live in, even though there's so many people under this roof that is making me crazy. And like, I thank you. Like, you know, like, and I was being silly, but it was like, as I started to speak, like, because this was out loud, we started praying like out loud together. As I started to speak these things of thanksgiving, it's like, man, my heart, like, caught up with my words. And I was like, no, I really am thankful. I'm thankful that God called us here and he provided a place for us to stay. It may not look how I wanted it to look for the first 17 months, but, like, he provided a place for us to stay. And, like, we had built-in babysitters. Like, why was I... Why was I, like, fussing about that, right? And it's like, he got the missions budget raised eventually in his timing. And, like, obviously, Kai Alpha Memphis started because you're here. <laughs> like, right? Like, but it's like, as I started to thank the Lord, like, my heart shifted. And so if you're having trouble with, with praise and with worship, I really encourage you, just set aside a, a prayer time and just sit with God and be like, Lord, I'm just going to thank you for things. And, like, I personally think this is good for your, like, walk with Jesus, like, every once in a while, like, you know, every month, just be like, we're just going to have a day where we just sit and thank the Lord. And, like, sometimes I do. Like, you can find it in my journal. Like, sometimes there's a day where it's like, Jesus, I've just been asking you for a lot lately, and I've been really stressed, and I'm just going to thank you for things, right? And I thank, him, I thank him for, like, saving me and giving me salvation. I thank him for my husband and my kids. I thank him for chocolate chip cookies and coffee and, like, other things that are in the world that didn't have to be here. You know, like, there's colors. Everything could have been black and white. That would have been boring, but God's really creative. And, like, as you get going, you're like, man, God, you're so good. And there's things we don't ever think to thank, thank him for. And um, this is, like, a really funny p- point our pastor makes sometimes. But he's like, if what you had tomorrow when you wake up was only what you thank God for today, like, what would be left? Or, like, what would you have? And it's like, have you, you know, and so some days, right after those days that have, like, the Thanksgiving prayer, I'm like, it would all be here, <laughs> right? But most days, like, man, I don't stop to thank the Lord. But it's the simplest thing. It's the simplest thing, and, and we really should, because he's so good. And if you're having trouble getting your heart to a place of worship, the easiest thing is just to be like, just start thanking him. Because then you realize, like, wow, I'm way more blessed than I realized I was. So the fourth point I'm going to add to the Drain Kids is this. There's this tag on the end of the Lord's Prayer about forgiveness. About forgiveness. And you guys might be like, what on earth does forgiveness have to do with prayer? But I think it has a lot. And, like, the more I've thought about this for, like, years and years, the more I'm absolutely convinced that it has something to do with prayer. Because forgiveness is a really big deal to God. Um, I'm not going to go into a ton of depth because we just had this piece of theology on it. And so if you're like, I want to know more about that, I'd be happy to share the notes later. But it's important for us to know that God cares a lot about forgiveness. So much so that it's the only writer 
he puts on the Lord's Prayer. So what does it mean when Jesus says in verses 14 and 15, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Like, what does that mean? What's going on there? Obviously, it's really important because he's like, I'm going to teach you how to pray. And by the way, you need to realize you're forgiven and forgive others. Like, that's weighty. So Tim Keller, he wrote a book literally called Forgive. Um, halfway through it, and it's really great so far. He says this about this, this passage. He says, Jesus is not saying God's forgiveness is based on or earned by our forgiveness of others. The parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18 makes it clear that it is God's forgiveness of us that provides the basis, the motivation, and the power for our forgiveness of others. And then he says, divine mercy should change our hearts so that we are able to forgive as God forgave us. So I think that's when we start to understand this forgiveness thing is like, when we come to prayer as people who realize I am forgiven, then like our hearts are changed and we have the ability to extend forgiveness to others. And Jesus really wants us to spend time when we pray Probably just about every time we pray, thinking about forgiveness. Because this, our entire relationship with God, the entire thing hinges on us understanding forgiveness. When we come to pray, we come before a God who we shouldn't even be able to come before without a mediator. Like in the Old Testament, there literally was a priest and you had to offer a sacrifice. You had to go through all of these things to be able to come into the presence of God because of sin. So, like, we shouldn't even be able to just, like, be like, hey, what's up, God? But we can because of what Jesus has done for us. We're only able to come into God's presence and talk to him because of the vast love of God that offered Jesus Christ on the cross in the place that each of us deserved. We can only pray intimately with God because we're forgiven. Jesus gives us a prayer outline that forces us to acknowledge that we need our sins forgiven, and in the same breath, we're challenged to forgive others as we forgive those who sinned against us. We forgive out of a place of knowing we're forgiven, and we forgive, it shows that we understand what it means that we are forgiven. It shows that we rightly recognize who we are talking to as we pray and what he's done for us. So that's kind of like, I think, what the forgiveness thing is about, is he wants us to realize who we're talking to, and we realize who we're talking to He's the reason that we're even able to talk, right, without a mediator face-to-face with the Lord. Um, And it's like a really beautiful thing. And when we really realize that, it puts us in a place where we can also forgive. Because we're like, man, I shouldn't even be able to come into the presence of God, and he's so good. And I've just thanked him for who he is. And I've just, like, asked him for all my needs, even though, like, he didn't have to let me do that. Now I... I'm at a place where I realize, yeah, okay. And somebody wronged me. And forgiving doesn't make that not matter. It doesn't make it right what they did. But I can let it go because I trust that, like, this huge God is in control. Mm-hmm. This huge God is in control. So we've learned tonight that prayer is to be done in a closet or not to be seen, but to connect with God. We've learned it's a conversation And that God cares about the little things, the details of our lives. And we've learned that because we are forgiven, we can pray. 
and we can forgive. So the questions are this. How is God challenging you to grow in prayer? As you listen to this, where's the Holy Spirit putting his finger and he's like, hey, maybe you should try that. Or hey, maybe you should challenge yourself in this way. How is God challenging you to grow in prayer? And what might God challenge you to do this semester as you grow in your prayer life? What might he challenge you to do like between now and the end of finals? What could you do to grow in your prayer life with the Lord? So we're going to have um, just some response time, and we're going to worship, right, because we said worship is prayer. And it might sound kind of funny to spend time praying about prayer, but, like, if you want to grow in your prayer life, a really good place to start is to be like, hey, Lord, would you help me to grow in my prayer life, right? And then he can give us the strength to do it. Um, so the questions tonight are this in our response time. Maybe you don't know God yet, and you need to experience his forgiveness. And if that's you and you're like, hey, I don't know that I'm forgiven, but I want to know that. And I want to begin to come to a place where I can. I can know God. I can talk to God. I can figure out about this. That's the most important decision you can ever make. And so we want to give the opportunity to respond to that. Maybe you realize that God is calling you to grow in your prayer life. And you're like, that's something that like I haven't really worked on, but I want to. And maybe you've realized that your prayers have been out of balance in some way. Maybe you're like me when we first moved to Memphis and I just got in a really weird funk. And I was not like at a place of worship and I needed to like pause and thank the Lord. Maybe you're realizing that. But we just want to like give an opportunity to respond. So like um, if you guys will stand. We're going to worship a little bit. But if you would like any special pray- prayer. The um, staff is going to come down. I just invite you to come. It can really be any any response to that or if the Lord's praying something else on your heart. We would love to pray with you. We're just going to spend a few minutes in worship. And so I'm going to pray and then we'll transition to that. Lord, we just thank you so much that you invite us to relationship with you. God, you invite us to pray. You invite us to worship you. And God, we pray that you would help us to grow in that. God, you would help us to be men and women of prayer who seek intimacy with you. God, spend time talking to you about all of it, all of the details. Um, And God, we just pray that you would move tonight, that hearts and lives would be changed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The altar's open.